Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Tuesday, August the 22nd, 2023, at 10.51 a.m. Central Time. Today's Focus, Treasure and Earthen Vessels. Today's Focus is Treasure in Earthen Vessels. Vessels. Now, I think when we typically hear that phrase, at least the first thing coming to my mind now that I'm saying it live on the air is I think we would tend not to focus so much on the earthen vessel, right? We would focus on the treasure. I mean, if you think, hey, there's a treasure over there inside that earthen vessel, inside that worthless pot. I'll just say it that way. Inside that, that, that vessel that doesn't look to be worth very much seems to be broken down and, and corrupt and falling apart. There's a treasure inside of it. You would just run over there. You would take the the earthen vessel, the pot. You would just probably toss it aside, smash it because you would want the treasure. Your focus would be on the treasure, not on the earthen vessel. I, I think that's fair to say. I think I think that's accurate. If I was to if I was to tell you right now, hey, five miles from your house, there is a treasure. It's worth more than you could ever comprehend. Now it's inside. A pot. It's inside a, a a vessel of some kind. You would you wouldn't even think about the vessel that it was in. If you had to, you would take a hammer and smash the vessel to get to the treasure. You would smash the treasure. Well, as long as you did not harm the treasure, you would discard the vessel that contained it probably within seconds because you would want this treasure that's worth more than you can even imagine. The vessel is insignificant especially compared to the value of the treasure. Now, now keep that in mind. I do, is that, is that idea? Is that, is that going to work with what we're going to be talking about? Well, to find out, you need to grab a Bible if you can and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read today verses 1 through 7. And then there's going to be one specific verse that is your focus for today. I want you to think about it. I would challenge you to memorize it and hopefully talk about it. Talk about it. That's so important. Find someone to talk about it. Discuss it with someone. Have a conversation. All right, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. A lot we can talk about right there. Just stay with me. Verse five, for we preach not ourselves, but Jesus, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. I hear that again. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus sake. For God, who had commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the key verse. Here's the verse I want you to write down. Here's the verse I want you to memorize. Here's the verse I want you to talk about. Here we go. Are you ready? But we 
have this treasure in earthen vessels that the ex- excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Do I need to read that one more time? We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I would ask you this morning for your today's focus, just to really think about this verse. There's some obvious questions you should you know, start asking of the text. What is this treasure? What is the treasure? Who are the earthen vessels? And how is the power of God and not of us? How does that work? What, what is the treasure? Who are the earthen vessels? And how is it that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us? How does that work out in a practical way? What, what do you think? Do you have some answers? I would love to get your thoughts. If you have no one else to talk to, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Share your thoughts. Answer these questions. Focus on the word of God today. If you have someone else to talk to, by all means, talk to them, family members, spouse, whomever. Have a good conversation about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, the reason this is today's focus is because, guess what I have in my hands? The newest issue of the Sword of the Lord newspaper for August the 18th, 2023. I got this in the mail. I opened my uh, mailbox and here it is. Actual paper. Remember I told everyone to get a to get a subscription to the Sword of the Lord for at least a year, right? Now we would be using it some. Here we go. Guess what? It came in the mail. August the 18th, 2023, the Sword of the Lord newspaper. And the very first story in dead center front page is this treasure, an earthen vessel. Now I'm going to skip the entire introduction. We just read the text. Then it tells you to go to page six. So I'm going to jump over to page six. We're going to jump to page six here. I'm going to fold this paper here so it's easier for me to read it. We're going to skip the whole first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, like six paragraphs here on page six. We're going to jump to the next column and we read this. Are you ready? Here we go. Now, let's see how they're going to handle this. They, they do all, the introduction and maybe the, the, all these paragraphs on page six. How exactly does it fit into the overall theme here in this article and this sermon on, on 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 7? I'm not completely sure, so I don't want to get into all of that, criticize that, try to analyze that. I want to get into the kind of the heart of it and just see how they handle this verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Let me read it to you again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Here is the heart of this message. Let's see what they have to say. You ready? Here we go. Let's read. This is page six. 
of the Sword of the Lord newspaper. If you got this, if you got this in the mail yesterday or today, you can open it up to page six. Here we go. When you first start out as a preacher, you want to do your best and work hard. You have all these ideas, but it is sometimes difficult to discern whether you are doing it or God is doing it. All right. Now, that means they seem to be focusing on, let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. They seem to be focusing on this phrase, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So they say when you first get into ministry, you have all these ideas and you start working really hard. But when, as they say, this is very important, but it is difficult sometimes to discern whether you're doing it or God is doing it. Which one? Is it, is it the glory and power of God or is it your own ingenuity, your own thoughtfulness? They go on to say this, have I gotten in the flesh to do something good? Or is this God doing something I cannot do? Now, when it comes to ministry, are, are we operating in a sense in the flesh and it becomes about us? Now, we may be having right motives. We may be trying to do something good, but it's no longer of God. So they're really focusing on that kind of last phrase. Let's see where they take this. On the first anniversary of our church, we had a goal of reaching 300 people. However, we had 299. One of our ushers went out into the street and paid two kids $5 each to come into the service. Was that God working or was it man's idea? I, I think we could say that was man's idea to re reach an arbitrary number. All right, let's... I mean, I, I could do that, right? I could try to convince all of you. I mean, I could do the same thing, right? I could say, look, it, the, the higher we get on the podcasting charts, the higher we get on the podcasting charts, the more likely people will notice this podcast, right? So today, what I need everyone to do is download Spotify. You don't need to get a subscription and just start downloading every episode of the Theology Central podcast. Just download, 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 download. Just download every single one. If I got 50, 100 people to do that, we would probably be at the top of the Spotify religious uh, theology chart in probably a couple of hours. So I, I can manufacture that. Now, it would be good. Like, it's a good thing because then Theology Central would be number one on that chart instead of Joel Olstein, Joyce Meyer, or, you know, podcast about witchcraft or whatever the case may be. We, we could say we're doing a good thing, but it would be manufactured. It would be fleshly. In other words, we definitely couldn't say God was doing something. I continue. One Sunday, back to the article, Sword of the Lord. One Sunday at the first congregational church where we met, we had camel rides. Was that me working or was that God working? Even though we were trying to do the right thing, that was our last meeting at that church because they kicked us out, right? So they, they wanted, I guess, to do good things by trying to get people so they had camel rides. They had camel rides. Was that them or was that God? Well, I think we would say that that was them. Over time, now here's the, the next paragraph. Over time, every preacher learns that he is not really that much. 
You know what? That That is so true. I think over time, every preacher learns that. Over time, every preacher really learns you're not that much. You're not that much. Like, the, um, it is a... It is a brutal wake-up call. See, when you're young, you have all these ideas. You have these visions. You think the way it's going to be, right? You're going to be this person who stands and opens up the word of God. And people are going to respect you. And they're going to listen to you. And they're going to seek out your spiritual advice. And they're going to be asking you theological questions. And they're going to be wanting you to preach more. And they're going to want you to teach more. And there's going to be this hunger and excitement. And you kind of feel, realize sooner or later they don't, they kind of just want you to preach a sermon, make sure the church has plenty of activities to keep them happy, make sure that they make friends, so, because that's the thing that's going to really keep them there. And reality, you're just kind of a stand in. Like, you know, basically anyone can stand there and talk for 30 minutes to, to satisfy what they want. Now they'll tell you that's not what they want. They'll tell you they want someone to preach the word of God and they, they'll, they'll, they talk a big game. But when you get down to it, they're not really interested in your theological knowledge. They don't really care where you went to school. They don't care how much you learn. They're not really, in general, most people are never going to ask you theological questions. Most of the cases, they're not even really going to ask you for much advice or counsel. And if you give advice or counsel that they don't like, they're going to disregard it. And the second you preach something they don't like or something they disagree with, it's the beginning of the end. And sooner or later, they're just going to leave the church. You don't really have any authority. You don't really matter. You're, you're really completely disposable. Like as a pastor, you have to realize you really are just disposable. And they can get rid of you and put someone else right there in the same spot. You, you, you start realizing all of these things that you thought ministry was, it wasn't. So I do agree with this, that over time, every preacher learns that he, he is not really that much. In fact... It is rather amazing that God can use any of us when you look at, at your past and realize from where you came, it must be God if anything good happens. Now, that, that is true. I think you first realize you're insignificant. And then actually, I think if you're, if you're remotely honest with yourself, I think as a pastor, you start realizing how frail and weak and human you are. See, there's this idea that, okay, God calls me to ministry and I'm going to be empowered. Like, and you just, you kind of really have this almost like a Hollywood version of what it's going to be like, right? Oh, God called me to ministry. So I'm going to have this power. And then you start realizing you get upset. You can get angry. You can get discouraged. You can get depressed. You can struggle. You can sin. And you start realizing I'm just as human as the people I'm preaching to. Now, as much as I may try to say, I'm the pastor and I'm the spiritual leader, I'm still, I'm just a human being. I'm just as fleshly as they are. And then you start realizing, well, then why would God even use me? Yeah, you start, a lot of this realization comes later in ministry. It, I don't think it happens early in ministry. I think it happens later. Now, you can start living in some kind of self-denial and pretending something that isn't true. But if you're really honest with yourself, you start realizing, well, wait a minute. I'm not really that important to this entire thing. And not only am I not important to this thing, I'm kind of weak. And I'm just as human and fleshly as the people I'm preaching to. Let's see where they take this. Let's see where they take this. You ready? Here we go. Someone 
describe the Christian life as weakness leaning on omnipotence. I want you to maybe write that down. Someone described the Christian life as weakness leaning on omnipotence. Omnipotence is all power, is, is you know, a power without any limits. God is omnipotent. He is all powerful, right? The Christian life is our human weakness. I, I won't just say leaning on omnipotence. It's our complete and utter, it's our complete and utter inability. It's our complete and utter weakness and brokenness, not just leaning on omnipotence, we have to completely rely on God's power. We have to rely on God's work. We have to rely on God's mercy. We have to rely on God's grace. We have to rely on God's work. The Christian life is total inability and brokenness, relying completely on the omnipotence of God. That's the Christian life. We are weak. We're fragile. We're broken. We don't have the ability to keep God's law. We don't have the ability to do anything. We have to rely completely on what God has done and will do. We have to rely completely on his omnipotence. The Christian life is total inability, weakness, powerlessness, leaning on all power, leaning on omnipotence. One of our weaknesses in our work is that it can become distraction from the most important focus, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes when we're doing good, we get in the flesh and not see the most important thing. What is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him? Hebrews 2.6. All are of the dust. Ecclesiastes 3.20. We are just an audible clay vessel, but with a great treasure we can share with others. So now we have the identity of the earthen vessels. That's us. We're just dust. We're earthen vessels. We are weak. We are broken. We, we, we have, I mean, we, we are, we are sinful, broken, weak, powerless earthen vessels. That is what we are. We don't want, we sometimes try to convince ourselves that we're something other, that we have some kind of power, but at our very best, we are just earthen vessels. That is what we are. We, in a sense, we came from the dust and we will return to the dust. We are just earthen, dusty vessels, feet of clay. We are weak. We are powerless all we can do is rely on the omnipotence of God. But listen, this is very important. We are just an audible clay vessel, but with a great treasure we can share with others. Now, what is this treasure? We're the vessel, but we, 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 can, we have a treasure. What is that treasure? Let's see what they say. Jesus said that he is the vine and we are the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. There are many things we can do, but it is God that must work if we are to accomplish eternal good. It is God that must do that thing. We are told in 1 Corinthians 13, 2, well, that we can do many things, but without charity, love, we can do nothing. Well, I think we can do a lot of things. 
But all of the things we can do are filthy rags and are are corrupted at its very best. That the very best we can do is still but filthy rags before God. God has to ultimately do everything for us on our behalf. The article goes on to say, here we go. I think it is well-established fact that sometimes we think we're doing pretty well and we say, look at what I have accomplished. We need to remember that what that whatever is accomplished is because of the Lord. We must remember who we are and what and that we are saved by the grace of God. We are sinners saved by grace. We are a simple, fragile, earthen vessel used for his purpose. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The truth is that we have an earthen clay vessel that is above measure and beyond what we can describe or even comprehend and is more valuable than all the treasures of Egypt. All right? Now, now there, I say, I don't, I have a little bit trouble there. Now that almost is trying to say the earthen clay vessel is of, of measure that it, and that it is more valuable than all the treasures of Egypt. So now that seems to be, t- that he, now this seems to conflate the treasure with the vessel. I don't think the vessel is, is, is I, I don't understand why he would say, it. let me read that again. The truth is, is that we have an earthen clay vessel. That is above measure and beyond what we can describe or even comprehend. And it is more valuable than all the treasures of Egypt. I don't think, is the earthen clay vessel more valuable than all the treasures of Egypt? I don't know if that's what 2 Corinthians is pointing us to. Now, then they say, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up there on the throne. What a picture that that must have been. If we could only visualize that every day. I I I don't know where they're going with that, that seems to be, that seems to be putting it back on God. Then we, I'm going to jump over here to, to page nine. They keep they keep offering a lot of other scriptures, and they seem to be moving further and further and further away from the original idea here. They seem to be moving further and further away. Um, it says God has a way of working in people's lives because He is the treasure. Now they finally seem to identify the treasure. They seem to finally identify the treasure. The treasure is God. All right, so so finally, we had to get all the way to page nine before they identify the treasure, all right? So it says, uh, he is the treasure. In the fall, there was the Old Testament survey class, and in the spring, we studied the New Testament survey. It was spring, uh, and I was trying to figure out what the teacher was talking about when he spoke about the substitutionary death of Christ. He drew a cross on the chalkboard and then took some paper and said, here is your sin, and he attached the paper to the cross. I punched the guy next to me who was asleep and said, did you hear that? I've never heard anything like that in my life. Within just a few weeks, we had a Bible conference, and at nine o'clock in the morning, the first speaker, he walked to the podium and said, guys, Pray for me because I couldn't sleep all night. I've been praying for someone here who is not saved. All right, so then they go on and he talks about everything that happens. Once again, still kind of moving away from the original text. Then it says, jump to page 12, right? Now we jump to page 12 and they still, 
I see here. I mean, um, they they jump down. They okay. Here we go. You see now 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 they now they finally kind of come back to it. They finally come back to it. All right. That this jumps all over the place. We have to kind of put this all together. Now it says this. You see, we have a treasure in our earthen vessel. I was an earthen vessel before I got saved. However, now I had a treasure that I did not have before. Now, see, now that is where I get a little nervous. Now, now they seem to be trying to say, no, no, I was an earthen vessel. Now that I'm saved, I'm not an earthen vessel. I do not think that's a correct interpretation of 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I, I, that, I, I, I do not like that at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I, I, no, 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 no. That, there's something wrong with that. Um, I, I, I do not like that. That, that is a little disturbing to me. Um, yeah, I, they, 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 this seems to be moving fast moving that basically because of salvation, because of salvation, it's almost like, Hey, we're no longer, we're no longer an earthen vessel. We, we, we stop becoming an earthen vessel. I, I'm having a major issue with that. Um, and see here, okay, let me read it again. Uh, you see, we have a treasure in our earthen vessel. I was an earthen vessel before I got saved. However, now I had a treasure that I did not have before. Yeah, they, they go on to seem, it seems like they move further and further away. The story, this uh, article continues all the way to page 14. Let's see if they say anything over here on, on page 14. Um, yeah, they, they just move. Now it says we have a treasure. It's not about us. It is about him. Okay, that is true. Yeah, I, I the, the article just loses the plot. It just loses the plot. It just moves further and further and further away. Like it starts off so good and then it just kind of starts deviating and they almost seem to have this idea. Hey, before you are saved, you're just a, a an earthen vessel. When you get saved, you get this treasure. And now because you have this treasure, now your earthen vessel is almost a treasure. It's worth something valuable because of what you contain inside of it. And I don't think that's the point here. I don't think, I don't think that's the point of second Corinthians chapter four. It's an, look, one of the reasons I read so many sermons and listen to sermons is I love to be confronted with all kinds of different perspectives, but I do not agree necessarily with this perspective. So I'm going to read this all again and let, and, and remember today's focus. My job here in this, in this podcast series is not to try to give you the answers, but to try to present these concepts to you so that you'll focus on them all day, meditating on them, struggling with them and well, benefit from the entire exercise. All right. So I'm going to read this again and then I'm going to kind of present two perspectives and you can tell me what you think. So here we go. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Here we go. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. 
but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus, uh, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and our ourselves, your servants for Jesus' sake, right? Now, every time he's saying we, 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 the we here he is referencing is the, the, the apostle Paul's referencing himself and those who minister, those who serve, maybe the apostles. The we here is not referring to the lost, all right? Uh, now he says, if the gospel is hit, it's hit to them. Them are the lost. The we tends to be referring to Paul, the ministers, those who are saved. And look what it says. Just keep following the, that idea. We ver- and not them. Them are those who are lost. The, those are the gospel is hid to them. Now look what he says. Verse six, for God who commanded light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's referring to those who are saved. He was referring to those who are ministry, who, who are in ministry that they, he's not referring to people who are lost. That means even as saved people, we are still described as those who are earthen vessels. The article seemed to move away from that saying, no, no, no. Before you're saved, you're just an earthen vessel broken. Then when you get saved, you get this treasure. And because now you have this treasure, your earthen vessel now is worth all of this. And it's now, it's almost described as being a part of the treasure. And I, I'm going to reject that just on the premise of the way 2 Corinthians 4, 7 is written. So we, believers, Paul speaking of himself, those who minister, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So who are the earthen vessels? I'm going to say the believer is the earthen vessel. Your minister is an earthen vessel. A Christian podcaster is an earthen vessel. Anyone who ministers, anyone who's saved, we are the earthen vessel. What is the treasure? What is the treasure we have? Now, can we limit it to one thing? Can we limit it? It is the message of Jesus Christ that is the treasure. We now have the message of Jesus Christ. Is it the fact that we now have Christ dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit? We now have God living in us. Is that the treasure? Is it God himself? I think I think it's kind of all grouped together. If we have Christ, we have the message of Christ. If we have Christ, we have the word of Christ. We have the living word. We have the we have the the, the, the written word of God. We, we have that message. So we are the earthen vessels and we have a treasure that and listen, and because we have this treasure, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, the point is what we try to point people to is not us. We point people to the treasure. We don't point people to us. And I think this is a reminder that at our very best, we're just earthen vessels. I think so many times within Christianity, we think the answer is pointing people to us, pointing people to us, 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 us. But all we're pointing people to are earthen vessels that are broken, that are still, still corrupt, still has a sinful nature, still will fall, still will weak. 
We we're still we we still get discouraged and frustrated and upset and angry and we we say and do things that are wrong all the time. We are broken earthen vessels. And look at and look at this. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. See, we have a body that's going to be broken. We have a body that is weak. But what people can still see is Jesus Christ. Because the more we are diminished, the more we are broken, the more we are humbled, the more we are destroyed, then the more the treasure can be seen. The Christian life is, yes, our brokenness and our inability relying completely on the omnipotence of God. But I think the Christian life is slowly but surely us, the vessel, being broken and being diminished that all people can see is the treasure. The whole Christian life is about us becoming less and less and him becoming more and more. The whole Christian life is is not telling people, look at what he did for me as much as look as much as look to him. It's not because what what we typically do so much in the Christian life is what I think that's the way we kind of preach it, right? Hey, I was this broken earthen vessel. I was broken, I was a broken earthen vessel. And then guess what happened? Jesus came into my life and I'm not that broken anymore. Look at me now. Now I, I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't do this and I don't do that. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the way I was taught to kind of give my testimony. Hey, I was this broken earthen vessel. I was, I, was, I was nothing. And then Christ came into my life and boom, now I got this and I stopped doing this and I stopped doing that and I got this and I got that and I got this and I got that. And we try to convince people, see, if you'll become a Christian, you'll be like me. You'll go from depressed to happy. You'll go from having, you know, you'll be committing all these horrible sins to no longer committing those sins. See, you'll become a vessel that is now a treasure. But I don't think that's the point. First of all, that's so disingenuous from the first place, in the first place, because you become a Christian, you're still a sinner, still have a sinful nature, you're still going to sin, you're still going to get frustrated, upset, depressed, discouraged, hurt. All of those emotions are still going to be there and they're going to manifest themselves continually. You can try to cover them up and wrap them up in a robe of self-righteousness. But the reality is, guess what? Practically, you're not a new creature. The old is not gone. You're just the old you, an earthen vessel. But we are almost taught we got to sell Christianity by telling everyone I was an earthen vessel. Now, basically, I'm a treasure. But no, no. How we need to present Christianity to people is. I was an earthen vessel and I'm still an earthen vessel, but now I have a treasure inside of me because not because of anything I do, but because of what God has done for me. The treasure isn't me. The treasure isn't what happens to me, the treasure is Christ and what he does for sinners by, well, saving them and by imputing a righteousness to them. See, if you think about it, an imputed righteousness, if you really think about it, the imputed righteousness does not change the earthen vessel. The imputed righteousness points to the treasure that is 
inside of me because it's, it's not even inside of me. How can I say this? I've got to say this correctly or I'm going to end up in heresy. The imputed righteousness looks to that vessel and says, see that vessel? It's earthen, it's broken, it's, it's corrupt, it's, it's worthless in and of itself. But I declare it to be perfect and righteous and to be of great value, even though in practice it isn't. God may dwell in me, but he doesn't place his righteousness in me, right? I mean, he is my righteousness. He doesn't present, he doesn't infuse me with a righteousness. He dwells inside of me, in a sense, taking ownership of the vessel, saying this belongs to me, and I declare it to be something it isn't. I declare it to be righteous because I am its righteousness. I am its, I am the treasure inside of it. So I'm going to come one day to redeem this earthen vessel. And then I will transform it into a glorious vessel. I will transform it, remove its sinful nature. That's the whole point of the, of the resurrection in a glorified body. In the meantime, I still live with this earthen vessel. Do you see yourself as, so I, I think we can answer some questions. How, the earthen vessel is us. The treasure, I don't know if we've clearly identified it, I think it, I think it's God dwelling in us. I think it's his word. I think it's the truth of the gospel. I think it's all, all, all of it combined. And then this, that, that last part, that last part, let me read it to you again. That last part, um, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, well, people always try to make that out. See, 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 when, when, when we do, when we look at, if I do A, B, C, D, E, see, that shows the excellency of God's power. Because you see, it's not me doing it, it's God doing it. So if I do anything good, God gets the credit. I, I understand why we try to go that direction. The only problem with that concept is if God is the one doing the work in us and is empowering us, well, then he could just empower us to spiritual perfection. And since he never does, then why doesn't he? I think what it means is this, that, that what happens is that the excellency of the power may be of God and not, and not of us. When people see me, they're like, that's a broken vessel that's weak and corrupt. And I'll be like, amen. But the excellency is the power of God because it, the power of God is the finished work of Jesus Christ that declares me an earthen vessel to be righteous and holy and saves me even though I should not be saved because of my actions. The power is of God, is of, of him saving earthen vessels. Because of what he did, it's, it's the power of God in Christ Jesus to pay for my sins and to take that righteousness and, and, and accredit it to my account. Do you see yourself today as an earthen vessel? Do you really see yourself today as an earthen vessel? I don't believe this article, I don't know if they intended to do it, but they slowly but surely kind of said you're an earthen vessel before salvation, but not after salvation. No, I'm still an earthen vessel. Still weak, fragile, and broken. God in me, the truth of God, his word, the gospel, that is the treasure that is inside of me. Now, because God is inside of me, right? Right? And it says he's taken ownership of this earthen vessel. It's still an earthen vessel. 
The treasure is inside of me, but he's, he declares that this earthen vessel is now holy and righteous, not because of him putting righteousness and holiness in me, but accrediting it to my account. And then he's going to take this earthen vessel, redeem it one day and transform it. But in the meantime, I'm still an earthen vessel. So when people look to me, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see the message of Christ. And what I need to confess to people is I'm still an earthen vessel. Love to get your thoughts. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. If you do have a copy of the Sword of the Lord, that sermon is right there on the front page. This treasure and earthen vessel. You can read the whole thing. I skipped around. I wanted to read more. The reason I skipped around so much of it is it's really weird following the narrative, right? Like the first entire section, I don't think has anything to do with the sermon. Then you turn to page six. Oh, like you got an entire like five or six paragraphs. I don't think it has anything to do with the sermon. And then when you kind of get into the sermon itself, it's like, oh, this makes some good points. And then all of a sudden it's like he loses the plot. Then he comes back to it. And then when he comes back to it, it it's so all over the place. But I thought I would at least use it to get us to a bit big, a better conversation of it. So I want you to consider today, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We'll end with me reading it one more time. I want you to memorize it, and I want you to think long and hard about it. We, the believers, have this treasure in earthen vessels. Our vessels are still earthen. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And I think that's why I love the doctrine of imputed righteousness so much. Because there's nowhere for us to boast. It's, it's not righteousness working in me. It's righteousness accredited to my account, meaning I'm still a sinner. I'm still an earthen vessel. I'm still weak. I still have a feet of clay. I fall short of God's law Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. But I'm declared to be perfect and righteous, not because of what I do or what God is doing in me. It's what God accredits to me, yet acknowledging I'm still a sinner and an earthen vessel. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. And that is your today's focus for this Tuesday, August the 22nd, 2023. Thanks for listening. May God bless you as you meditate on this very important truth.